Welcome to another podcast of Airsoft Medicine. This is another one from the old archive of when we were doing the segments on CQB Radio for CARP there at uh, CQB Radio. I encourage you to listen to CQB Radio if you want to hear a good general Airsoft podcast. We, we seem to uh, specialize more in safety aspects, although we do venture out a little bit. This is the continuation of the Critters podcast about animal threats in Airsoft. The first one was the uh, the previous one that covered mostly bugs and then we get into snakes and mammals on this one and uh, just in case you don't already know you can get all of these at itunes or uh, you can subscribe to the podcast through our website at airsoftmedicine.com if you don't use itunes if you do please do rate us on itunes and uh, consider liking us on facebook and if you like our videos you can find those at the auburn medical group channel on youtube whether you need an AEG rifle, a gas blowback rifle, or a gas blowback pistol, Airsoft Extreme is the place to go to try them out and to buy them. Airsoft Extreme carries all the major brands of guns, tactical gear, BBs, whatever it is you need to play, go to Airsoft Extreme. So the only thing you need to remember is Airsoft Extreme Moving on, we come to snakes, which is always an interesting topic. Um, certainly uh, very good for talking about envenomations. In the United States, and I, I'm sorry for our international listeners, I, I'm just talking about the United States, but I had to limit this somehow because there are just so many critters that can cause injury when you're out playing airsoft. Snake, snakes in the United States, we, we have the rattlesnakes, and there are several different types. The cottonmouth, uh, mostly in the Midwest. Copperhead, also in the Midwest and coral snake along the south. The uh, rattlesnake, cottonmouth, and copperhead are called pit vipers. That's because they have this infrared-detecting pit located halfway between their eye and their nostril. And uh, it, it can actually sense uh, people or, or animals that have a, a heat signature to them, almost like uh, infrared vision of sorts. I guess that's actually what it is. These guys, uh, the rattlesnakes and the the copperhead, for the most part, don't want to be bothered. They're, they're not going to do something to you if you're not doing something to them. In fact, most snake bites occur on the uh, upper extremities. Well, how's a snake that's usually on the ground going to get your upper extremities? Well, it's because people get bit when they're trying to handle them. You don't try to handle the snake, you don't get bit. Also, um, alcohol intoxication seems to be correlated with snake bites too. So uh, drunk people trying to catch snakes get bit. Um, and I don't recommend uh, playing airsoft drunk anyway, but don't try to handle the snakes. Uh, the cottonmouth actually can be a little bit aggressive, but they like to be around water areas. So they're, they're not as much of a problem if you're away from the lakes, rivers, streams. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the pit vipers, rattlesnake, cottonmouth, and copperhead. If somebody does get bit by one, okay, you want them to move as little as possible. Of course, if you're out in a remote area, as we often are with airsoft, so that we're not bothering people and uh, they're not seeing us play with these replica guns, um, you may actually want to get a stretcher, a helicopter, a boat, some way of getting them out from the wilderness setting. Uh, if that's something that you can do, uh, something else you want to do to, for the victim is uh, remove jewelry, tight-fitting clothing, uh, especially from the involved extremity, uh, because there's probably going to be some swelling, and that can present a problem. So any rings on a hand that gets bit, take them off as quick as you can. 
Um, also, if, if you have any kind of pen with you, it is helpful to mark where the swelling is or redness. Make a little line at the edge of it every 15 minutes. And that will allow emergency, pers- emergency personnel to estimate the severity of the poisoning because they can see how fast it's been progressing. There's um, things that are recommended for snake bite. I, I know when I was a kid, I used to hear all these different things you're supposed to do for a snake bite. Okay, don't do these things, please. Don't suck on the wound trying to get the poison out. Don't cut into it. Um, don't, don't even splint it. Don't put ice on it. Uh, it used to be that they said to keep the person still and quiet and elevate the extremity. Well, now they're even saying that there's no evidence that elevation helps either. Uh, for the pit vipers, we do have anti-venom. Well, we have that for coral snakes too. Coral snakes, uh, there is possibly a, a, an additional treatment that's helpful for that called pressure immobilization. And that's where you, you take like an ace wrap and you wrap it around the involved ex- extremity and, and keep it kind of snug there. Don't do it so tight that it's a tourniquet. Again, that's another thing that they used to recommend. Uh, no, tourniquets just aren't helpful. They, um, they increase swelling. They decrease blood flow of uh, good blood to the uh, extremity. And they actually increase the destruction of tissue in the involved extremity. And it's not that important because for the most part, people aren't dying from these bites. Most bites are not fatal. So you're not saving their life by sacrificing the limb uh, most of the time. So that's why they say, don't bother with the, the tourniquet. Coral snakes. Uh, it's important to know a coral snake from a type of king snake that has the same colors. These colors are red, black, and yellow. And they're in bands on both of these snakes. And uh, they look very similar, but there is a way to tell them apart if you can pay attention to the coloring. And here's how the saying goes. And there's different ways of saying it, but here's how I learned it. Red on yellow, meaning red and yellow are adjacent to each other on the snake's body. Red on yellow, kill a fellow. That's the coral snake. The king snake, the red is adjacent to black. Red on black, venom lack. So an easy way to remember. Of course, if you get confused and make up your own saying, uh, you may hurt yourself or someone else who got bit by the wrong snake. Lizards. Uh, I love the the venomous lizard, um, not because I like venom or people getting bit, but it's just the coolest thing. The Gila monster in the Southwest. Uh, this thing does not have uh, holes in its fangs like snakes do. It just has sharp little teeth and it bites on and it just holds on and <laughs> it doesn't let go. And it keeps the, the teeth inside of, you know, biting on inside of the person so that the venom in its saliva will seep in and start causing damage. And they may do a little bit of chewing action. So what you have to do is get, get the thing off. They're very tenacious. So uh, ways to do that would be running, it, running hot water on it or uh, trying to pry apart the jaws like with a stick or pliers or metal instrument, being careful not to injure the person who got bit. Also, not to get a second bite because they'll bite right back as soon as you get them off. Um, perhaps even to the rescuer. So that, that's something you want to avoid. So what do you do once you uh, get the Gila monster off? Well, once uh, freed from the lizard, you should have the person rest. Uh, if you can, rinse out the bite wound. Uh, take out any, any teeth that you can grab that may have been left behind. Any bleeding should be stopped with direct pressure. 
Uh, don't use the suction devices. Don't use any ligatures on it. Don't um, don't use the pressure immobilization with the ace wraps we talked about with the coral snake. Uh, don't put ice on it because that can cause more tissue damage. Uh, if you can put a, a dressing on to uh, help stop bleeding, uh, go ahead. Uh, this is one uh, injury bite that you would splint to uh, limit movement and get medical attention as, as quick as possible. Uh, things not to do, again, don't cut into the bite wound. Don't use electrotherapy. <laughs> Apparently that was recommended by uh, people, old wives tale or whatever, that you um, run a current through it and it's supposed to neutralize the venom. Uh, don't do it. Even if it was true, <laughs> you're not going to necessarily get the uh, venom uh, truly neutralized and uh, you're just going to hurt the person and cause some tissue damage. Uh, again, prevention. I'll throw it out again here. This is true through almost this whole talk. Long pants and boots when you're in snake country. Uh, covering the body protects you from critters. And then just be really aware of, of what's around uh, so you don't come across these guys uh, without knowing it. Mammals can be a threat. Uh, in the United States, we do have big cats. Uh, and you want to be aggressive with these guys. That's not so much the case with the bears. But with the cats, you want to be aggressive even after attack has begun. In 2002, there was uh, a documented attack where a guy fought off and killed a cougar with his three-inch pocket knife. Good for him. Not that I want the cats to die, but I'm glad he defended himself. Rats and porcupines. Uh, rats can bite you. Rats can carry rabies. Porcupines, uh, the quills can stick in you. Apparently, the uh, treatment for the quills sticking in you is to numb it up and just pull it straight out before it keeps pushing through. One, one time, a person actually had a quill keep... Uh, going in, uh, uh, for some reason, the way that they're made, they, they kind of tend to, with movement, go deeper. And one time, one went all the way into a uh, person and uh, punctured a vital organ. Bears. I'm going to read quite a bit of bears. I'm, I'm getting this actually from a, a medical textbook on emergency medicine written by a guy named Auerbach at uh, Stanford. At least he used to be there. Uh, interesting book. If you ever get a hold of uh, a medical library, this... Uh, you know, just on the side, environmental and uh, wilderness medicine is just an interesting field, uh, kind of a, a subsection of emergency medicine. So anyways, in the bears section, there's a number of lists, and I'll go through them here. First of all, actions that could significantly reduce the chance of even having a close encounter with a bear. One is to make noise as you're out there. Well, we don't want to do that necessarily in airsoft because we may be trying to... Uh, not be noticed by people we're playing against. But when it comes to bears, it's actually good to be uh, talking or if you're around a stream or a windy area, talking loudly so that they know you're around and they'll take off and, and not even want to be around you. That That's kind of ideal there. Uh, again, you got to modify this according to Airsoft because <laughs> you don't want to be loud and noticed in Airsoft. Uh, just being aware in, in bear country and, and knowing that they might not be aware of you. Uh, if you're, uh, if you're downwind from them, uh, you can surprise them easily. So you just need to be careful with that and then avoid places where they can be like ripe berry patches, streams with spawning fish, uh, elk calving grounds, somewhere where you see flocks of ravens that may indicate there's a, a carrion they've been feeding on something like that. 
uh, avoiding areas where there's uh, droppings, uh, lots of fresh tree scratchings, because there, there could be a bear around that. Uh, if you do come across this stuff or a bear is seen, find, find another place to go or uh, don't even try to go the place you were going to go. Now, when you do have uh, a, a bear person interaction, you want to avoid an attack. And so once the interaction has already occurred, you, you want to make sure the bear knows that you're not uh, a normal prey, that you're a person, uh, if they know what that is. So you, you want to let them actually get a good view of you. If you try to go hide from them and they know you're there, well, they're going to come and f- try to figure out what's going on. So that's actually going to draw them to you. You want them to see that you're not food, not what they typically think of as food. So go ahead and, and be in the open uh, where they can see you talk in a, in a calm voice. And then, although remaining calm is difficult, uh, don't make sudden movements. Don't yell out, uh, particularly with grizzly bears. They see that as aggressive and they uh, respond aggressively. They, uh, you're not supposed to stare directly at them. You're actually supposed to stand and look kind of sideways, but stand your ground. Don't go away. Uh, because that shows that you are willing to defend yourself if necessary. So it, it's a bit of a deterrent to them if you just stand your ground and it can prevent further aggressive behavior because they don't want to get beat up and maybe you can convince them that you can do that to them. Uh, don't try to climb a tree or run away uh, unless you got your partner with you and you can trip him and that way uh, he runs behind you. Uh, although I guess I shouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> You can't outrun a bear once they get going, uh, trying to climb up something. Boy, it's better just to avoid the chase in the first place. Uh, And so standing quietly, but non-aggressively, showing that you can stand your ground. And then if if they are attacking you, you know, if it gets to that point, uh, because they didn't read, the bear didn't read the textbook and you did the right things and it's attacking you anyhow, well, then what you need to do is... uh, not not fight, not scream like you do with the big cats. You drop to the ground, protect your head and, and neck by interlocking your hands behind your head, you know, at the ear level, and flexing your head forward so the vital things are protected. So get in that fetal posi- position or flat on the ground face down. Use your elbows to cover your face if the bear turns you over. Don't hold out your, your, your arm or your hand to ward off the attack because they'll just... Uh, cause significant neurovascular injuries to whatever limb they can get a hold of or, or bite into. Don't try to even look at the bear because then you, you're exposed to f- uh, facial injury. Uh, after, after the attack is done, if you know they decide not to finish you off, then just stay there until the bear is gone. There have been people who have been in a bear attacks and then they, they got up before the bear was gone. Uh, after it stopped the first attack, and then it came over and did a second attack. I, I guess it wanted to make sure that they were they were uh, well uh, beat up. So once you believe the bears left the area, peek around, uh, moving as little as possible. Uh, try to determine which way the bear went so you can get out the other direction. Something about uh, bears is that pepper spray works. Uh, pepper spray should be aimed toward a charging bear and discharged when they're you know, starting 30 feet away from you and as they come up closer. And then you should continue spraying until they've, they've uh, stopped charging. And then keep the, the sprayer there, ready to go again until he leaves you, he or she. And then if the spray is all used up, uh, then just, <laughs> and they're trying to attack you, lie down, cover your face, 
offer little or no resistance. Uh, uh, there is no guarantee that pepper spray will work. Again, like I said before, the, the bear may not have read the textbook. Uh, note on pepper spray, if you do accidentally discharge it into your face, uh, it can cause temporary blindness and the, the uh, muscles in the face will spasm and close your eyes. Uh, the best thing to do is not rub your eyes, but try to irrigate them with water vigorously for at least 15 minutes. Uh, if there's burning in the mouth, that can be relieved by swishing and spitting milk or other um, dairy products. Next animal on our list are bats. Uh, bats are a real problem when it comes to rabies. Significantly uh, bad problem. The, the best available data suggests that all or nearly all cases of, of human rabies that came from a bat happened in a person who either had minimal uh, knowledge of a bat being around them or it didn't even know that they were bit or around a bat. Again, I don't know how much alcohol may play into this, but they, they do have little, little teeth. The uh, bat problem, I can even tell you from cases that I've been involved in, uh, a family that had a bat in their house. I, I checked with our, our local um, county health department and the recommendation, even with just having a bat in the house, was that every member of that family who slept there that night, uh, because their, their doors weren't closed to their bedrooms, get the full rabies vaccination, which is expensive and takes uh, several visits. We did it through the local emergency department. So even though there's people out there who do crazy things with bats, uh, handle them and, and, and explore around them, there there is a risk to that. And I, as a doctor, I recommend staying away from the bats. Uh, other animals, the, the dogs, the coyotes, the wolf, uh, Wolf, you, you can have a problem because they can actually hunt in packs, although I don't know that that's been much of a problem with humans. Coyotes, um, you know, typical dog bite stuff. Skunks, foxes, raccoons, uh, they all can cause bite wounds and rabies. Skunks are kind of interesting because they can spray you. Uh, they, they like to do that with these secretions from their so-called anal sac. That it's called a musk. And uh, what they'll do is they will spray directly at you <laughs> <laughs> they they can uh, be accurate in, within uh, 13 feet, which is better than some airsoft guns I've played with. Uh, they will, before they spray, they'll, they'll give you a warning. They'll, they'll have their feet firmly planted on the ground, tail straight up in the air, stamping their front feet, you know, just letting you know, <laughs> get out of the way. Uh, and I guess there's this myth that if you lift them up by their tail, they can't spray you. Uh, wrong, they can when I was doing my research, I found something I, I was not at all aware of that river otters are a, a significant uh, threat. In 2004, there was a family of three that was attacked while swimming in a river near Belden, California. And uh, the 12 year old boy was attacked. And then the parents were, were trying to get the, the, the otter away. And it kept coming back at them, even though they were, you know, aggressively hitting and, and pulling it away. Scratched the kid all over the place. The mother and father got attacked. And uh, they called the, the attack vicious and unrelenting. And then they were never able to capture or locate that. So if you're around Belden, look out for that river otter. Uh, 2004, I don't know, maybe he's old now. The, the child's injuries actually required plastic surgery for his facial wounds and suturing of uh, wounds on his extremities. This is getting kind of long, so I'll try to go a little bit quicker through the uh, wild swine in Texas that can bite you or stick you with their tusk. The bison in Yellowstone, uh, that we've had three deaths from uh, 
in the recent decades. Uh, these guys can get upset and come right after you and gore you or throw you up in the air. Moose can uh, be uh, very damaging to a human body, uh, especially during rutting or spring calving series uh, seasons. Uh, you know that they're wanting to attack you if the rump hairs are raised up, uh, the hairs actually stand up, ears are laid back, the moose is licking its lips, that's when it's likely to charge. So if it comes after you, get behind something, a big rock, a tree. If you do get knocked to the ground, uh, you should roll up into a ball and protect your, your head, kind of like with the, uh, the bear. Deer and elk can bite. They can bite you with antlers. One, one carried a guy quite some distance and then pinned him to the ground once. Uh, the antlers can penetrate. I read about a, a case of a kid being killed by a deer antler going right into him. They can kick you. They'll get up on their hind feet and kick you with their front feet. They can stomp on you. Uh, interesting story. One deer jumped through a office of a, a or a window of a law office, injuring an attorney. <laughs> Good for him. And another uh, buck in a rut carried the man. Uh, it was 45 minutes he carried the man in his antlers and then pinned him to the ground. Uh, a child was once gored. I talked about that earlier. It went right through his armpit and got him. It hit his pulmonary artery and he bled to death. Opossums, they look cute, but they'll bite you when you handle them. Uh, shrews, up in the northeastern U.S., we actually have one that's venomous. Rabies in the United States, uh, in decreasing order of incidents uh, as far as rabies cases, we have raccoons followed by skunks, bats, foxes, cats, dogs, cattle, horses and mules, woodchucks, bobcats, and then at the bottom of the list, sheeps sheep and goats and there are some others but they didn't make the list there weren't enough uh, cases i talked a little bit earlier about protection from the blood feeding arthropods that's that's the ticks and then the way that you uh, protect yourself from the ticks which can in the united states carry lyme disease rocky mountain spotted fever colorado tick fever relapsing fever or lichiosis babesiosis tularemia tick paralysis rickettsial pox uh, is to keep yourself covered and there are some uh Repellents, uh, specifically the ones that contain DEET, should work on the ticks, whereas some of the other repellents won't, and we'll get into those in a little bit here. Uh, flies flies can actually carry tularemia, leishmaniasis, so uh, even the biting flies can carry disease. Chiggers can carry rickettsial pots, you, pox. You folks in the Midwest uh, know what chiggers are and that you need to keep your skin covered to keep from getting them, also avoiding the the, uh, the brush that's not cut where they can be. As far as the repellents for the, the bugs, you've got the DEET that I mentioned earlier, which is good. It works. Uh, there's a lot of people who have concerns about it, uh, particularly with neurologic toxicity. So you, you do want to just have it on the uh, skin and then wash it off after you use it, not have it on the close to the face if you can avoid it. Uh, there's another one called Picaridin that's becoming quite popular and actually does seem to be a little bit better and safer than the DEET. And then there's some botanical repellents. These are the natural substances. This is like your citronella and your eucalyptus, which both really don't seem to work worth anything. Uh, and then there's one called Bite Blocker, which is a brand name. And in studies, it, it actually does seem to be pretty decent. Uh, not good for tick repellent, but for the mosquitoes. Uh, if, if you really want to use a natural product, you're concerned about the, uh, the chemicals, Try that bite blocker. They sent me a, a sample package once. and uh, It has a funny smell to it, though. Um, of course, so does the chemical type. As always, I want to remind you to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is called Auburn Medical Group. 
Also, you can become a fan on Facebook or, or like me on Facebook. And uh, check back at the website, uh, Auburn, uh, at uh, airsoftmedicine.com. And again, Carp, thanks for having me back on. It's, it's fun talking about some of the, the threats of the nature out there when we're playing airsoft. Uh, we'll be back next time. Until then, this is Dr. Airsoft saying, play safely. Spartan Imports Incorporated is one of North America's largest distributors of premium quality airsoft products for military training and recreational purposes. Our major product lines have full warranties, and we offer comprehensive in-house, dealer, and consumer technical support. Among the many brands and items we carry, Spartan Imports is the exclusive distributor of Magpul licensed PTS, airsoft products, classic army and javelin brands of airsoft guns, and amp tactical and mag brands of high quality airsoft and recreational shooting optics and accessories.